Hello and welcome to Yes, You Are Brave. This is a podcast where we are going to set off on a journey together to find and build our brave, where we explore all the ways that you have been brave and all the ways that you can be brave again. Because even though we may have forgotten or we may have fallen out of practice, we're all brave. And I'm on a mission to prove it and help you believe that yes, you are brave. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Yes, You Are Brave. I'm super excited for today's episode. Um, Today we have our first guest on Yes, You Are Brave, and it is a very dear friend of mine. So this is a very, very dear friend of mine, Lily Rosetta. She is a historical romance author, and she is here to talk to us today a little bit about how she came to be where she's at and the brave that it took to get her books published and on Amazon. So welcome, Lily. It's good to have you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Super excited. So tell us a little bit about what, what's, what part of your story do you want us to hear? want the listeners to hear? Well, um, I think the bravest part about my story was the fact that I decided to go the non-traditional route. Um, I had started out wanting to be published through one of the regular publish- publishing houses, but in my research, I found that um, you lose a lot of the control that you would normally want, well, that I would want, <laughs> kind of a control freak, um, but I realized that going through the traditional route, I would give a lot of my freedom away to the publisher. They would tell me what books to write. Um, They would tell me, like, they would approve what was in my books, stuff like that. And I decided to kind of go the scary route and go self-published. Not because I couldn't go the traditional route. I actually had a a publishing house that was interested. But I decided that I wanted to keep that control. And so I kind of took the plunge and went self-published, which is a lot harder. <laughs> yeah, I imagine that's... I learned a little bit about the self-publishing thing, and uh, it scares the crap out of me, to be honest. Yeah, it can be very intimidating. <laughs> so what may... How long have... So what... Let's get the backstory a little bit on on you being an author. Has that been always a thing, or when did that come about? How did that come about? So, I was a pretty lonely kid. I moved around a lot, and as I got to be an older kid, you know, tween, teenager, um, I kind of started creating these worlds in my head, because I I read a lot, obviously, Um, but I started creating these worlds, and I realized that I had a knack for it. Um... But it wasn't really encouraged. Um, it was one of those things where it was like, haha, that's kind of cool, you know. And so I actually hit it for a long time. Um, and it was when I was on a road trip with my husband and we <laughs> didn't have a radio. And so I started telling him a story and he was like, hey, you're actually pretty good at this. Have you ever thought about being a writer? And at first I was like, no, never. Because as a writer, your stories are a part of you. And so it's a little bit like opening your journal and being like, here, let's have the world read it. So no, for a long time, it wasn't like I never thought about being a writer. 
until I was married, but I've always had stories. And so it was your husband that pushed you to get your stories out of your head and on paper? Yeah, he <laughs> he told me um uh he told me that he doesn't like reading and he was like this is a story even I would be interested in. And that was the first time I was like, well, maybe maybe I should get these out. And it took me a long time, a lot of writing and rewriting and stuff like that because you kind of get in your head. It's one of those things. It's intimidating. Like I said, it's a little like inviting people into your personal thoughts and things like that. And not all of my books are like, I guess you'd say normal. <laughs> so you do get a lot of people making fun of you when you have stories, even if they are a story that would be considered very, um, run-of-the-mill, you know, stuff that everybody would want to be interested in. Even then, you get people who kind of make fun of you. And so it's it's kind of scary to put it on paper. <laughs> so what was the thing that got you to put, the, put it down on paper that got you over that? My was... husband. <laughs> A lot of it, he was just like, you need to do it. You need to do it. He was that driving force behind me. And finally I was like, fine, I'll do it. And then going back and rereading, even as bad as it was, I realized that there was something there. I'd read stories that were worse. I'd read a lot that were better, but <laughs> I had read some that were worse. And so that was kind of where I was like, oh, maybe I could. But really it was him. Like, he pushed me off the cliff. <laughs> Sometimes we got to have somebody push us off the cliff. I very much am one of those people. Otherwise, I'm like, no, I'm good. Let's stay in the plane. Let's not jump out. That doesn't <laughs> sound fun at all. Little secret, you don't actually jump out of the plane. Your instructor pushes you out of the plane. Oh, <laughs> yeah. See, I, I need the instructor to actually do the push. I I struggle with the like initial bravery of trying something. But it, it did take him a while, but he did, obviously get me to start doing it. And it was one of those, once I was out, I got to start enjoying it. You know, once you're out of the plane, you enjoy, enjoy the fall. I wouldn't, but, <laughs> but the, once you realize you're not going to die immediately, then yes. it's fun. Yes. And in, in my story, it was once I had put it down on paper, I realized that there were people who were interested and that's when I was like, okay, maybe I can do this. So it's still scary and every book is scary, but you learn that, that fear shouldn't hold you back. You, that if, if you embrace that fear in a way, it gives you motivation to do better next time. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> so did you start off I, I asked this, this is a totally leading question, but like, did you, do you still write where you started? Does that make sense? Not at all. Not at all. Um, there's actually a quote. I can never remember who said it, but I know I'm pretty sure it was a woman. She said, um, you will never be the same author at the end of your book that you were at the beginning because you're always growing. 
Um, also, I started off um, very young, almost like young, young adult type books, maybe even like teenish. And so, no, I don't write the same way. I also, um, it's not just my talent that has changed, but also my style has changed. Um, originally it was very flowery. Now it's a little bit more realistic. So no, not the same spot. <laughs> and I, I also say that because I remember reading your first book. <laughs> oh my goodness. Which was not at all like the books that you're currently writing. No. I really enjoyed the first book. To be perfectly honest, I thought it was fun. Um, but the first book tells a little bit about the first book as opposed to the last couple books. Like yes. genre things, those type of well, changes. Well, and I do have several books in between those as well that mm -hmm. never saw the light of day. Probably never will. Um, but no, and I also, I that's one of the things that I liked about being a self-published author is... I don't have to stay the same. So like right now I am writing, um, historical fiction, but I can also, because I'm my own boss, I can write anything I want. I don't have anybody going, no, you're only this. And so it's kind of nice, but a little scary too, in that you never know how your readers are going to accept a new kind of style. But yeah, that's one thing I do like about being my own boss is I don't tell myself no <laughs> when it comes to being able to change my style. Actually, right now I'm working on a series that is um, very different from the one I have already published, though I'm working on that one still. I wanted to introduce something that's actually more contemporary science fiction. Maybe fantasy. Not quite sure yet <laughs> what it is. It's something. It's something. But um, that is one of the things that led me to want to take the harder route, I guess, was so that I could have say. Yeah. And so you never said, but your first book was classified as was... Science fiction, science fully. Fiction? Okay. Fully science fiction. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought it was kind of fun. Like the worlds, yeah. you know, jumping yeah. worlds and stuff. And now it is very much a different venue yes. of historical romance. Yes, straight historical romance. Um, I do tend to have, in my writing, though this series is kind of the exception, a lot of my writing tends to have, I guess I call it the weird element, mm -hmm. whether it's science fiction or um, mythology or fantasy it usually has something so it was actually actually it was a little out of my wheelhouse to do something that was just historical mm -hmm. and so but it was fun at the same time because it did take me out of my comfort zone I didn't get to just add weird things I had to stick to you know a horse can't fly <laughs> You know, or a train can only go this fast, that kind of stuff. And so it kind of flexed different muscles, different mm -hmm. writing muscles, and it was fun. And I think, I like to think that it came through in these books that it was fun to write, but it was a little different. I think the books are fun. Oh, thank you. 
there's a lot of, I don't know, I was pleasantly surprised in those books. I was a little, well, didn't know what to, didn't know what to expect. Yeah. Especially given that you had read my first book, which was very alien science fiction, (laughs) the other world. So to read something that's just 1890, (laughs) nothing really weird happens, that kind of stuff. I could see how it would be different. Yeah. Unexpected. <laughs> yes. It was very unexpected. Like I said, very pleasantly surprised by it, though. So let's talk a little bit about the brave in the shift and, like, letting yourself change. Letting yourself start writing and, forgive the, the, the way I say this, like, writing through the crap, you know? Oh, no. No, no. <laughs> that is actually a perfect way to put it because there's actually a quote... I want to say it's Stephen King, but I'm not sure. Um, it's, you can you can edit crap, but you can't edit a blank page. So there's a lot of crap. <laughs> and also, when you go back and look at what you've written, because you've grown so much, it always feels like crap. Like, it really doesn't matter how good it was. It always doesn't feel good enough anymore. The... Well, your first book should never be the best. No. You know what I mean? Like, if you you write the, the masterpiece at the beginning, then what's the... F- right? Oh, like, if it's all downhill, you're doing something you know, very wrong. It's... Um, so, writing through it was really scary and intimidating. I had quite a few years. I think it was... I had been writing for 10 years before I published my first book, and... There's a lot of getting in your head, you know, you know, you talk about being brave, like it's easy to not be brave, especially since it's, it's something that's solely in your head. You don't have to share that. It's actually a lot easier not to. And so to kind of write, you know, start writing was scary. And then in that time when you know, it's bad. Those first few drafts, I was like, oh, this is awful. It would have been really easy to stop. Um, but I had to just keep talking myself through it, like grow, you know, telling myself, don't just stay here. You need to move forward. You need to see growth, that kind of thing. And in talking myself through the, those first few years where it was, it was crap. It was not good. I've read some of the, it was, oh, painfully bad, painfully bad. Um, but once you kind of allow yourself to be crap at first, allow it not to be great, allow it not to be perfect, you are able to kind of have fun with it. And I was, I remember telling myself at one point, I was like, I need to do this, even if the only people to ever read it are my kids. I still needed to do it. And so then I started having fun with it. And that's when I noticed the most growth, when I stopped, like, expecting perfection. Because I couldn't get past those first few chapters. Because I would go back and read it, and it wasn't good enough. So finally I was like, okay, just write the whole story, and then come back and clean it up. You know, edit the crap. And so... After that, I realized that 
actually wasn't half bad. And then I went through and edited and made it even better. And then when I decided to make a change in my writing, it was scary, but fun at the same time, because I'd already experienced the like getting in my head. So now I was like, just do it. If nobody likes it, nobody likes it. But at least I've done it. At least I've tried. And I'm pleasantly surprised that people actually really enjoyed it. Um, you know, and even not only did I take control when I became self-published, but I allowed myself something very unique. I don't have to write in the way that the publishing houses tell you you have to write. So my books are uh, mail-order brides, right? Typically, you get one of two. You get the one who's seeking excitement. Yay! I want to go marry some stranger. What a fun adventure. And then you have the other where it's, oh no, I have to. And, you know, this is my only option. Well, I got to play with that a little bit because normally you have those two. And I'm like, well, what if? And so actually my third book, it's based off of, it's, it's based off of an account I found doing family history. And the girl, her mother sent her to America to find a better life. And I, I remember reading this story of this young woman and going, what if she didn't find it? Like, what if she came all the way to America and it wasn't what she expected? And that's what started this story of this other girl. She didn't have to. She just was like, well, it can't be any worse than the situation I'm already in. And so it was kind of fun to get to play with a genre that typically has one of two options. I added a third. And so, and that was another thing that it was, it, it's had a little bit of mixed reviews. There are people who are like, oh no, you can't do that. That's not how these books are written. Well, mine is. <laughs> and I'm the boss, so <laughs> she says it's okay. <laughs> but it was to say it's not how things are written. That's the thing is every, I feel like every good, like anything, like you, you look at the first thing, like that's, everybody's kind of like, wait, what, what are we doing with this? You know, like you think of like, just thinking of some of like the biggest names in books, the last couple of things, you know, yep. the last 20 years. And you think, well, who thought a wizard would be a good idea? You know what I mean? Right? Who thought sparkly vampires would be a good idea? Who thought, <laughs> you know yep. what I mean? Dystopia was going to become a thing. Like exactly. Well, it, it, all of those those books that you just mentioned without their names, but, um, all of those books you just mentioned have something in common, which is they stepped outside of their genre's comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And do I necessarily think I'm going to be the next big one? Not, I, it would be nice, but no, my point is that you can't be great unless you try and it's scary to try. And so I do like to take these risks, even though they do make me seriously uncomfortable, but they, what, what's the saying? There's, there's no growth without pain. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. And so I want to grow. And so, and I want to see these genres that I love grow as well. It was like, 
you get a little tired of reading the same mail order bride book over and over just by a different author. Like it's it's fun to see this growth in something you love. Even if even if I'm not the next big one, maybe somebody will read my book and be like, that's a good idea and grow off of that and maybe they'll be the next big one. I just enjoy reading really good different books. So yeah, it's true. It is always good to pick up a book that's different and you're not 100% sure how it's going to end. <laughs> yes, that is one thing I struggle with because I I can usually pick up a book and in the first two chapters tell you how it's going to end. And I'll still read them because I love reading. But at the same time, I love reading books that I'm like, oh, this is how it's going to end. And then it doesn't. I'm like, yes! Not necessarily ones where it's like everybody dies in the end. Those make me sad. <laughs> yeah, those aren't, those aren't as fun. <laughs> I'm a happily ever after kind of person, but I do like where there's a twist, where instead of it being like Shrek, I love that, you know, the princess was the monster. <laughs> the princess was the monster. Yeah, that one is, is, is quite the twist. Like, wait a minute. Yeah. So I, I like stuff like that. and But it's intimidating to write anything that's not typical. Writing anything atypical is a little scary. And I do I do struggle whenever I'm coming up with my concept initially with wanting to be like, well, this is how books like this are normally written. Why not stick with what is if we know works? But that's also why I didn't want to go with the traditional publishing house because I didn't want to be pigeonholed into this is what works. Yeah. Write that. You didn't want to have to write the next yes. for sure thing because, let's be real, we're all kind of getting sick of the next for sure thing. Yes. Uh. <laughs> I also think that's why there are so many um, self-published authors now. And actually, a lot of traditionally published authors are making the switch to being self-published for that very reason, so that they aren't having to write the same story over and over because it works. That's why we are getting the market starting to flood with all these different kind of stories. You know, the dystopian has been really fun, different kind of story. Uh, just the, the stories that aren't exactly the same. Carbon copies with different names, different places. Uh, the same house, just painted different? <laughs> yes. That is very much what it feels like, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So would you say that you've had to work through, work to a point of being brave enough? So in this being brave enough to get out of your head, how do you, what are your, what are some of your, your in, things you would tell other people that are trying to go down a similar road? Maybe not, maybe they're not authors, maybe they're artists, maybe they're whatever, they're creators though. So I actually talk to people about this a lot because writing is one of those things that I feel like there can never be too many writers. There can never be too many stories. And so I always say that everybody has a story. And that's one of the things I like to tell people because I get people telling me all the time, oh, I wish I could be a writer or, you know, I tried once, but here's the thing. Try. Just try. And that's the scariest part, right? Everybody has a story. I have yet to encounter a person who was like, yeah, I 
nothing going on. Like whether it's their own story or something that a story about something they're super passionate about or a story that they came up with when they were a kid or during their working years, whatever. The biggest thing is you have to try. And it's so scary. I understand. I understand this. But it's the being willing to put pen to paper. Um, the difference between a person who has a story and a writer is the fact that they're willing to put pen to paper. Everybody has a story, but only writers write it down. So when it comes to like advice, I don't know. Honestly, I don't feel like I'm super great at it. I feel like it's, it's the same stuff you're told all the time. You just have to try, you know, whether it's writing a book or painting a painting, singing a song, whatever. It's all scary. <laughs> you know, everybody has a naysayer in their life. Everybody has that one person who's like, you'll never do it. Why even try? Nobody's going to want to read your book. Nobody's going to want to listen to your song. Um, but you have to kind of push those people aside and say, no, you know, I want to do this. And it doesn't matter if nobody wants to listen to it. Nobody wants to read it. That doesn't really matter. It's, you have to want to do it for you more than you want to do it for people outside because there's always going to be somebody mean. I mean, <laughs> my books aren't read by very many people right now. And already I have people who tell me I'm awful. And, you know, I, I have people who are like, your book was the worst thing I've ever read. And I'm like, wow, that's quite the feat. Either you don't read very much or <laughs> I truly have a skill for being bad. But it doesn't really matter what anybody else is saying because I write for me. Um, even if I'm the only person who ever hears my story, it's down on paper. I've done it. I've done something that somebody else wishes they could do. A lot of people wish that they could do this, but they haven't because they're too afraid because that's really what it boils down to. Everybody says, Oh, if I had more time, if I had more of this, if this, that, or the other happened, I would really, what it is, is they're afraid to do it. And you just have to take that leap of faith. You really do. You have to take that moment and go, it's scary. Yes, there will be people who won't like it, but I'm still going to do it for me. And so I tell people who, who tell me that they want to be a writer. People tell me that all the time. They're like, oh, I wish I could be a writer. Or I wrote a story when I was in high school, whatever it is. I get people who tell me that a lot and I give them the same advice. Just try. That really is what it all boils down to. Just try. And if you suck at first, so did everybody else. <laughs> everybody, everybody else did. I'm pretty sure there's like a handful of people in the history of people that were good at something the very first time they tried. And like, you have some people who are amazing, but 
Well, yeah, you sure. You've got like, was it was Mozart that started at five or whatever? Yeah. You know, you have a few of those. Yeah. But they're few, very far between. <laughs> There's not very many of them. Right. Let's see. The rest of us have to work at it. I mean, go back and read Stephen King's very first book versus his books now. Same thing, Mary Higgins Clark or... Uh, I mean, very, I think very few people are like uh, J.K. Rowling, who their very first book explodes. You know, the rest of us have to work at it. But even then, how many years did she work on Harry Potter before it became what it is? Yeah. So give yourself that time, I guess. Like, that time to suck. <laughs> like, it's okay. Like, nobody's perfect in the beginning. And even most people aren't perfect near the end. <laughs> if you can get pretty good right, at some point, then you're doing... Doing all right. And what would you say to people that think, oh, I can't write for just me? What would you say to them? Because you said, I write for me. And I love that you said that. I love that you said, I write for me. Well, if you could have inspiration. So like for me, yes, I write for me. But I also anticipate that hopefully my kids will at least read my work. So in a way, I guess I also write for them. Um, if you need the external drive, get that person, that grandma who's like, sweetie, you can do anything you put your mind to and write for them. Or like my husband was the one really pushing me in the beginning. So I guess in the beginning I wrote for him, but that's not really enough to make it so that you will... Push through the fear. Sorry. That you will push through the fear. You you need... It has to come from inside because... Putting anything that you've created out into the public domain, whether it's a painting, a sculpture, or a book, it's scary. And it's really hard. Personally, I could not do that for anybody else. I could not overcome the fear for anybody besides myself. It took, really did take me doing it for me. So yes, you might start for somebody else, but you have to find a love for what you're doing inside of yourself. Nobody else can have that passion. You can't write, write because somebody else has a passion for it. You write because you have a passion for it. You sculpt because you have a passion for it. Um, but at the same time, you also have to be aware that once you put something out into the world, it's no longer your own. That's, I think, the scariest part about being a creator of any kind is once it leaves your mind and is put into something physical, whether it's a song you know, you can hear a song or a, a book that you can read, a sculpture that you can see. It's now anybody who encounters that work of art, it's now theirs. And that can be really scary. So that's why when you might start for somebody else, but it always has to be about you because you're putting a piece of yourself out there. 
you aren't putting a piece of that other person out there. So yes, you can have that person driving you, but I don't know if you can ever really do it without you involved, if that makes sense. You have to become the motivating factor at some point. Otherwise, yes. it falls to the wayside. Yes. Otherwise, then it's just the bedtime story. My dad used to tell me stories all the time. and They were amazing stories. They're always for somebody else. And so he never had that driving motivation to take it from anything beyond being a bedtime story. And so that's kind of what I, I feel like would happen if you were doing it for somebody else. And I, I think that that is an awesome way to perspective to put it into, because you're right. If you don't get the motivation for yourself, then no matter how much work you've put into it for somebody else, eventually it's like those people that take piano lessons for like the first 15 years of their life because their mom says they have to and they're good, but then they don't never do anything with it because exactly. they didn't actually like the piano. Exactly. Um, then you got people that never had anybody pushing them that just love the piano and are amazing. So I think that that's awesome. Um, well, anything else you want to tell people? If you have a story, tell it. Somebody wants to hear it. <laughs> that's one of my favorite pieces of advice. You know, as scary as it is, there's somebody who wants to hear it. You know, whether it's your story, a story about something you're passionate about, or a story you've made up in your, you know, spare time or whatever. Somebody wants to hear it, so tell it. So that that's pretty much the only thing. Like, like I said, I've encountered a lot of people who say they want to be writers, but very few are willing to push through the push through the fear, push through the fear of being bad. <laughs> And kind of come to a point where you're not so bad. <laughs> you might not be great, but you come to a point where you're at least not so bad. But, yeah, my last piece of advice is just if if you have something you want to do, try. You know, there is so much information on the Internet now that there's almost nothing you can't find information on how to do it. You know, Yes, it took me years to figure out how to self-publish, but I did. You know, there's even more information now. And so if there's something you want to do, just try. That's awesome. I love it. Just try. Just try. Worst you can do is fall flat on your face. Right. But, uh, there, there's a quote. It's, uh, reach for the stars, drag your feet in the treetops, reach for the treetops, drag your feet in the mud. <laughs> If you reach for the stars, even if you fail at reaching the stars, you're still reaching the treetops. Yeah. So you can't reach, you can't reach what you cannot grasp, but we're not, what you're not reaching for. So that's awesome. Well, cool. Um, so thank you for that. That's been awesome. Um, let's tell people a little bit about where, hold on. So let's talk to for just a minute where people can find you. So tell us. So um, you can find me on Amazon. That's mostly where my books are sold right now. Um, you can also find me on my website, lilyrosetta.com. 
Um, that's where you find the books that I already have, upcoming projects, um, projects that are, like I said, I'm working on one that doesn't fall in the historical historical romance <clears throat> that doesn't fall in the historical romance genre. Um, you'll find stuff like that there, but right now it's it's mostly Amazon under Lily Rosetta or my website right now. I am hoping soon to branch out, but and there we have a social media presence. Um yes, I am on Facebook. Um at Lily Rosetta author. Um, but yeah, mostly just Facebook. I'm kind of a little bit of a technophobe. <laughs> it's all good. And I will link all of her website and where you can find her on Amazon and her website down below in the show notes as well. And I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> this has been really fun. Um, for those of you, we didn't, I don't know if we mentioned the three books that are out, big books, they are... Healing Finian. Deceiving Bryce. Deceiving Bryce. Healing Finian, Deceiving Bryce, and Saving Cameron, and Leaving Nicholas will be coming out shortly. These are all part of her, her historical romance, part of the Harper Brothers yes. series. Bunch of really hot cowboys from Texas. So, um, thank you so much thank you. for having for being here and just want to remind you guys that yes you're brave you can do it you can get out of your own head you can push through the fear and you can try you can be brave enough to try have a great day thanks for listening and if you enjoyed what you've heard today please leave a review down below and share this with anyone that you feel like could use a little more brave in their life and if you'd like to follow more of my journey to be brave you can follow me on social media and the link down below. Have a fantastic day and don't forget to be brave.